It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is A's Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. 2012 had so many great stories for the athletics. Interesting characters, dramatic wins, and a final week of the regular season for the ages. As that season was getting out of the gate, slowly, one player who joined the team in late April proved to be a catalyst on more than one occasion. Brandon Inge was a player that exemplified the hardworking city of Detroit, playing for the Tigers in his first 11 seasons in the majors. A grinder and a strong defender at third base beginning in 2001. He even hit a home run against Barry Zito in the 2006 ALCS. But by the time 2012 came around, his body had been beaten and battered by his gritty style of play. Inge hit only 197 for the Tigers in 2011 and was only two for 20 starting 2012 when the Tigers let him go. The A's had a need at that position. Scott Sizemore suffered a season-ending knee injury in the spring, and Josh Donaldson was sent back to the minors. In his first week, he already homered against Tampa Bay. May 8, 2012 was a special moment for Inge, a precursor of what 2012 would be in our 50th greatest game in Oakland history. Jared Parker started against the Toronto Blue Jays that night and lefty Ricky Romero. Down 2-0, the A's tied the game on a fifth-inning Josh Reddick long ball. Toronto broke the tie in the ninth when Eric Thames tripled home the go-ahead run. Before Brandon's moment in the spotlight in the bottom of the ninth inning, Cliff Pennington ensured the game would continue. Pennington's batting just 207. Taps the plate with his bat. Cordero, first base side of the rubber, bending at the waist. At the belt, Matha sets up in. The pitch is a ground ball into right for a base hit and a tie game. Taylor trots home for third with the infield in a solid base hit through the right side hole by Pennington. A's three, Toronto three. After back-to-back intentional walks, up step Inge with lots of possibilities to win the game. Two outfielders, five infielders, three to three, one out, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, fans on their feet. Cordero out of the stretch. And the 1-0 pitch on the way. Swung on. Hit down the left field line. That'll win the game. It might be a grand slam. It is! How about that? A grand slam inside the foul pole down the left field line by Brandon Inge to win the ball game for the Athletics in the bottom of the ninth inning. 7-3. The A's win it. And they're going nuts at the Coliseum. The veteran Inge explains the deciding at bat. I had to actually take a little bit extra second, see where they were positioning, see what they were trying to do. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't. I think it was more of a mind trick. They're really just trying to, uh, you know, get in my head about something. 
And so obviously I was just trying to make sure I got a pitch up in the zone to obviously get out of the infield. I mean, if you're only going to go two outfielders out there, you assume that they're trying to get a ground ball. So I was trying to get a pitch up. That's all. And maybe most importantly, Brandon reveals why the 2012 season turned out so well for him and the A's. I love it. I really do. It's a great, great change for me um, in a season that was going pretty rough last year and wasn't looking too good this year. I knew I had still the ability to play, just wanted the opportunity, and this is a great one for me. The Inge Grand Slam was the third walk-off win of 2012, a script the A's would go to time and time again. He hit 11 home runs and drove in 52. His season was cut short by a September shoulder injury while Josh Donaldson began to find his way in the big leagues. An exclamation point on a career for a hard-nosed player in an unforgettable season. May 8, 2012, the Brandon Inge walk-off home run is the 50th greatest game in Oakland history. The A's are never a team that turned out a good story, and 2006 was no different. After all, the best-selling book Moneyball was released in 2003, and as you know, would eventually land a movie contract with no less than Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean. The early 2000s meant playoff baseball in Oakland, winning three AL West titles in four years. 04 and 05 were close, but the A's didn't reach October baseball in either year. So, enter the big hurt, Frank Thomas, and our 49th best game in Oakland history on our compiling list of 2021. The White Sox won the World Series in 2005 over Houston, but their two-time league MVP and five-time All-Star suffered through an injury-plagued 219 campaign in only 34 games, forcing him off the playoff roster. Weeks later, he was a free agent, and on January 31st, 2006, the A's signed Thomas. 448 lifetime home runs at that point in his career still gave him cachet in the game. And on opening night for the Athletics versus Randy Johnson and the New York Yankees, he introduced himself to A's fans. Johnson, the pitch on the way, the 2-2 to Thomas. Rip, deep left field, way back, no doubt. Welcome to Oakland, the big hurt. But that was in a 15-2 loss. And while the A's believed they were a contender, by the time the A's went to Chicago on May 22nd of that year, Frank was batting only 178 for Oakland. But maybe that night began a new chapter. But to me, I feel like I'm at home, you know? This is where it's been for me for 16 years, and uh, you know, it's good to come back here. This ballpark made me. So that's coming in here feeling like I'm out of place now. This is where it's been for me. Matter of fact, I feel like I've been on a road trip for six weeks. A capacity crowd gave him a standing ovation as he came to the plate in the second inning. While wearing green and gold now, Frank reminded the fans he could still deliver greatness. Garland kicks and delivers the pitch to Thomas on the way. Frank rips it, deep left center field, way back, no doubt. Welcome home, Big Hurt. There would be more from him on that night. Facing John Garland again in the fifth inning, in a stadium that later honored Thomas with a statue of his famous swing, magic for Thomas was still in the air. Thomas swings and rips it to left, way back. Ozuna will just watch it fly. What a return to Chicago for Frank Thomas. Three at bats, 
Two home runs and a single, and it's 4-0 Athletics. Amazing. I think he just got the front page of the Chicago Tribune. The front page, the back page, and all the pages in between. Maybe a chance at closure on the south side of Chicago, or just the spark he needed to prove that there was something left for Thomas to accomplish. Frank was a force once again in the batter's box, and the Athletics reaped that good fortune. This page turner chronicled Thomas's rebirth. He hit 270 that season for Oakland with 39 home runs and 114 RBIs. And once again, he showed the baseball world he was as clutch as ever with 11 home runs and 35 RBIs coming in the September drive to the pennant. There would still be more October baseball for Frank Thomas, and this time it wouldn't be from the sidelines. Maybe the reason Frank Thomas put a cherry on the top of a Hall of Fame career wearing white spikes. His time in the East Bay carried a lot of weight for the Big Hurt as he stood at the podium in Cooperstown. I would like to thank the Oakland A's and the Toronto Blue Jays for believing in me as a free agent and signing me into the organization. Blue Wolf, Billy Bean, Dave Forrest, thanks for taking a chance on me twice. That 2000 season was magical. Without it, I doubt I will be speaking here today. In at number 49 on our top 50 greatest games in Oakland history, May 22, 2006, the return of Frank Thomas to the south side of Chicago. The 2001 Oakland Athletics are still considered the best team in franchise history over the past two decades. Jason Giambi won the MVP award the previous season, and Eric Chavez was posting big numbers at the plate and winning gold gloves in the field. And of course, the pitching staff featured the big three of Hudson, Mulder, and Zito. But also a key cog in that 102-win season was a 5-8 shortstop from Banny in the Dominican Republic, Miguel Tejada. Maybe not appreciated outside of Oakland, Tejada was vital to the A's success. And on September 29, 2001, he had a game to remember. Yes, he hit for the cycle. A quirky individual occurrence that comes our way from time to time. But at least on this night in Seattle, Miguel finished his in style. It's our 48th greatest game in Oakland A's history. The Mariners were in the middle of making their history for equaling the most wins in a major league season when Jamie Moyer took to the mound against the A's Eric Hilgis. In the baseball cycle world, they say one hit is the hardest to get. But Tejada wasted no time batting second in the first inning. There's a swing and a drive, belt it down the left field line. Hot shot that hammers into the wall just in the fairground. The ball rolls away crazily toward left center field. Tejada's around second base, heading for third, and he goes in standing with a triple. Eugene Kingsale, the left fielder, had to take off on a mad dash parallel to the wall going out toward left center because there's an angle not far inside the line, down the left field line, and it hit there and took off in that strange direction, and Tejada took advantage of it and has three. Now Tejada was a rising star in 2001, but the shortstop position was stacked with the likes of Alex Rodriguez, Nomar Garciaparra, Derek Jeter, and Omar Vizquel. Yet Miggy already delivered a 30 home run, 100 RBI season the previous year. Back up again in the third against Moyer, and Tejada was locked in. Now the 2-1 to Tejada, line drive, base at center field. Up to second goes Damon. And so the A's have two on with two out. And Tejada is two for two, and he is sizzling hot. Trailing in the sixth and still facing Moyer, 
back when a pitcher would face a hitter three times in a lineup. Miguel started a rally that would get the A's off and running. Miguel swings and blisters one into right center over a leaping second baseman Boone and it's going to roll to the wall. It's hit that hard. Ichiro tracks it down and Tejada has a double. Triple, single, double tonight. He'll have at least one more at bat. That shot for the cycle. Triple, done. Single and double two. Tejada was in the middle of a monster September at the plate and the A's were streaking toward another postseason. On came the seventh inning with the A's ahead four to two. Moyer was finally knocked out of the game and Lou Pinella's choice to face the scorching hot Tejada with the bases loaded was right-hand reliever Jose Paniagua. He stepped on the mound and Miguel stepped into history. Paniagua ready, here's the pitch. Fastball hit the left field deep. King sail back at the track. He's at the wall. It is gone. It's a grand slam cycle for Miguel Tejada. Do you believe that? The fourth cycle in Oakland A's history. It's a cycle, it's a grand slam, and it's 8-2 to two athletics. It's the best outcome a player can provide his team at that moment, which gives this cycle much more cachet. September 29th, 2001, the Miguel Tejada Grand Slam Cycle, the 48th greatest game in Oakland history. The A's came to terms with the Cuban outfield prospect, Yohan Cespedes. Now, Cespedes has been a guy talked about the entire offseason. That moment happened in February of 2012. In many respects, a coup for Billy Bean and the Athletics to sign the Cuban Yohan Cespedes because the mysterious star was coveted by several major league teams. While clubs did their due diligence scouting international competition, including the A's, the myth of Cespedes grew thanks in part to a YouTube video touting the skills of the outfielder. Billy Bean described what kind of player the A's were able to sign. He's a tremendous physical talent, as I said. He's, he can run, he can throw, he plays the center of the diamond, he's in the prime of his career. Those players aren't available to us normally at 26. Uh, is he probably gonna take some time to figure it out? This is a big jump, no question. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you, he's arguably one of the best amateur players in the world. We've seen him for the last four years, and to some extent, the, uh, the timing of his uh, becoming available probably helped us too, because I think he would have went for a lot higher had he been in November. By the time 2012 came, the A's had gone five consecutive seasons without postseason baseball. The signing of Cespedes triggered a belief that Oakland was going to get back to October baseball and you want a Cespedes debut for the A's is one of the greatest games in Oakland history for what it represented. It becomes number 47 on our list, the return of a superstar in green and gold. The A's and Seattle Mariners opened the 2012 season in Japan, and it was more for the fans to salute their countryman Ichiro Suzuki than the debut of Cespedes for Oakland. Longtime A's nemesis Felix Hernandez started the opener for the M's, and Cespedes batted seventh of Bob Melvin's lineup. 0 for 2 with a hit by pitch, you want to step to the plate in the seventh inning. There's a line drive toward center field by Cespedes. This ball is crushed over the head of Saunders. A one-handed swing by Cespedes and very quickly stands at second base. A leadoff double here in the seventh inning. That a first major league hit for Jonas Cespedes and probably the first of many. And if that's any indication, 
That was a shot. Out on the front foot, kind of fooled on the breaking ball, and he crushed. The A's would lose that game in extra innings 3-1, but the following night, Cespedes laid the groundwork for his importance to Oakland's success. With the A's trailing 1-0 in the bottom of the seventh, and a raucous capacity crowd of over 43,000 at the Tokyo Dome, Cespedes stepped to the plate and didn't shy away from the spotlight, a signature of what was to come all season. Oh, wow. There's a long shot to left center field. Is it enough? Yes, it is. A two-run bomb by Joanna Cespedes to left center field. And that quickly, the young man has his first Major League home run. It's a two-run shot. And the A's take a two-to-one lead here in the bottom of the seventh inning. And that, Benny, is exactly what we were hoping for from young Joanna Cespedes. I mean, a lightning bolt. That's the thing we're going to see from Cespedes, the ability that good hitters have, and that is when they get a pitch that they should be able to do something with that he doesn't miss it. The A's went on to win that game 4-1, to one, and Cespedes proved to be an integral part of the 2002 team that never stopped believing. They won 94 games and captured the AL West crown. Ioannis completed the season with 23 home runs and 82 RBIs, finishing second in the rookie of the year balloting to one Mike Trout. But his presence led the A's to the postseason each of his two full seasons with Oakland. For a team not known for stealing the free agent spotlight, signing Cespedes was a bold stroke by the A's front office. And for that reason, March 29, 2012, the night that you want a Cespedes burst onto the scene, is the 47th greatest game in Oakland history. Few seasons in the history of the Oakland Athletics have been more entertaining than 2012. A manager with local ties guiding his third major league team. A five-year playoff drought. Redemption for a roster full of second and sometimes third opportunities. And a belief system that captured the imagination of the town. September 29th, 2012. A day to remember and the 46th greatest game in Oakland history. The A's under Bob Melvin, who took over in June of 2011, were meandering along in the first half of the season. In fact, on June 30th, they were 37-42 and 42 and 13 games behind the Texas Rangers in the West. But then, a 19-win month of July got Oakland within three and a half games of the lead. The A's just couldn't get to the top spot. Their final road trip resulted in a 4-6 record and they were walked off three different times. However, the A's were experts that year at game-ending wins, and September 29th was another example. On a gorgeous Saturday, the A's fell behind the Seattle Mariners 4-0 early when the M's struck twice in the fourth, capped off by one of their outfielders. You didn't see it coming based on his previous production. 221 and a handful of at-bats in 09 and 149 last year. He swings and drives one down the right field line and right on cue, Michael Saunders has hit it out. A rocket into the seats with a man on. Second home run of the inning. Straley can't keep it in the ballpark and the Mariners have doubled their advantage now to 4-0. Remember that redemption storyline? Well, Josh Donaldson was a former Cubs first-round pick acquired by the A's in 2008. His Major League debut in 2010 brought a 154 average in just 32 at-bats. The following season, Donaldson couldn't get out of the minors. And in 2012, he bounced back and forth three separate times trying to stick on the roster. 
His moment came in the bottom of the ninth that day. 0-1. Bright sunshine, not a cloud in the sky. Wilhelms and sets at the belt. Here's the 0-1 to Donaldson on the way. A breaking ball, fly ball, center field. Gutierrez going back on it. He's in the track, right to the wall. God, and we're tied! The Oakland A's, they haven't run out of miracles yet. A two-run, straightaway, center field home run by Josh Donaldson in the bottom of the ninth inning, and they've tied it up at 4-4. A tie game went into extra innings. At home, where the A's had the magic. And an unsuspecting hero in Brandon Moss. Moss hit his first Major League home run against the A's Houston Street in Japan in 2008 while with the Boston Red Sox. He followed that with less than spectacular stints with the Pirates and the Phillies. Moss started 2012 in the minors, got an opportunity to join the A's on June 6th, and helped spark an incredible patented second half run. After Coco Crisp's fourth hit of the day and a walk to you out of Cespedes, history was ready for another chapter. So Moss standing in, two on, one out of the tenth of the pitch. Swung on, driven, deep right field, way back there. Oakland is the walk-off capital of baseball. Brandon Moss, a three-run blow. The A's have done it again. Their 14th walk-off of the year. There is a mob scene waiting for Brandon Moss. He's at home plate, and the A's have come all the way back, and they've beaten the Mariners 7-4. After the game, Brandon summed up the bond of the 2012 Oakland A's. I feel like there's so many guys that are like me on this team because there's so many guys that have had up-and-down careers that have fought their way to stay here or get here. And, you know, we all know what it's like to, to go out there and be a survivor and just, you know, come out and, and play as hard as you can. You know, a lot of times when you, you get comfortable here, it's easy to kind of let that passion go. But we all play with that passion because we all know what it's like to have it taken away from us. And I feel like every one of us on this team are just like that. And I feel like that's why we fight so well. September 29th, 2012, a 7-4, 10-inning walk-off victory against Seattle and a 46th greatest game in Oakland history. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.